welcome to another episode of Mystic and the Hague. I'm Danielle. I'm Leah. And today we're just going to be catching up on some good old times because we have been gone forever. Forever, forever, it feels like. Yeah, like January and December and November felt like such long months. Like January felt like three years to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we haven't recorded since September, I think. That's wild. I'm getting the shivers over it because <laughs> I've missed you. I have too. We've been talking without you all for the last little while because we just needed to reconnect, I think. I think that was the biggest part of us. It's like what was missing is just like we needed this little like connection, intimacy time because if you didn't know that Lee and I secretly date, just kidding. But like almost it is kind of like a marriage in this like very interesting like container that we hold of Mystic and the Hague. Is that a little off for you, like Leah, me going through this like little? No, okay. it feels okay. pretty on point. Like we definitely have a more intimate relationship than a lot of the other people I know and talk to. So like, I feel it. <laughs> It's kind of, that's what happens when you create a partnership, right? Like in teamwork, that's how it goes. And besides, I'm like really into embracing like dating my friends more than I'm like interested in dating other people currently. Yeah. I mean, I married my best friend, so I definitely feel that. Yeah, you just scored. Like you scored. It's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the most we've ever talked about with regards to our like relationship and dating so far. Yeah, it's not something that comes up a lot. I mean, I don't even know if people, I'm sure I've mentioned that I have a husband and a spouse. Same person. I don't know why you like. (laughs) (laughs) It is wild. It is wild. I don't know if we should just like get into the dating piece now and then move into like the mystical piece. But I am feeling for all my singlehood friends. Like I'm single. The majority of my friends are single. Actually, that's a lie. (laughs) No, actually have like a really great mix. Actually, there's like equal, 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 like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But man, my singlehood friends are feeling it. They're feeling disheartened. They're feeling disappointed. And because, because in Canada, we're still in some type of form of lockdown, right? Yep. And people who are single have been naughty and going on dates with people when they shouldn't be going on dates with people yeah (laughs) I get it it sucks to be alone especially right now but yeah and so they've like my one friend I feel so bad they've been talking to a couple of people and it would be like one after the other be like sorry I'm actually seeing someone now after we've been supposed to be in lockdown like what you all are not being responsible and do you know how many times I've talked to people who are like just come over just come over to my house I'm like no dude or person you are like not taking this seriously like how many times do I have to tell you I have an autoimmune disease I am around people who are elderly and this is not okay like that's we're breaking rules and I'm I'm an Aries I'm a rule breaker but I'm not gonna break these rules no because like I think with our cancer rising we really feel the need that's like okay this is long term 
I want to be surrounded with the people I love forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to break rules for this. Oh my God. That wanting to be around people forever is pretty, pretty hitting, hitting me pretty hard. I think for me right now, currently, I didn't realize how much I need and miss people like until like actually seeing friends. Cause like, we'll drop stuff off at people's houses, masked and socially distanced and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, <sighs> I've never wanted to give someone a hug more in my entire life. And I'm not a hugger. There's like a limited number of people that I'll willingly hug all the time. But it's like, I just want to hug you. I want to touch your face and like sit next to you. I hate this so much. It's so true. So like here in, because we're in different provinces, I think I friendly reminder, I'm in great friendly Manitoba and Leah's in wild rose country of Alberta but Manitoba we were in lockdown about a couple weeks ago we could open up our homes a little bit to two people that are outside of our homes and those are your people right those are the people that you're supposed to be with so my sister just moved back to Manitoba same little like community we're both in it and I literally make her hug me all the time because I just need affection. Like, I'm just like, I am hugging the people that I'm living with, but like, I just need more attention. And she is not a hugger. She is not a um, affectionate human. (laughs) And I've noticed though, that she has started to practice like better hugging etiquette with me. I feel like we're winning over here secretly through this pandemic experience. I think people are realizing how important physical touch is. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even me, like I always hug my husband and stuff, but now I'm like the level of like cuddling and like date, like hugs constantly have like increased. And like, we're never more than like 20 feet apart from each other. Rarely, like one of us will go to run an errand and the other will stay home. But even then, like, it's just physical touch is so important and I think it's something we all took for granted a little bit before Mm -hmm. the pandemic I know I definitely did (laughs) but it's just yeah it's so important maybe that's what's happening with all of like the naughty people that are like wanting to you know break the rules is because they're just like they took I don't know not they took for granted physical touch but just like I don't know maybe it's that like craving connection piece that I'm 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 I get like I really do get it like there are times where you're just like wanting to say fuck it and just do the thing but I don't know I'm having I'm having a hard time but I definitely experienced COVID fatigue have you experienced COVID fatigue a hundred percent and I've been seeing it a lot more. I mean, February, I think, is one of the hardest months in general, like January, yeah. February. I'm always the most depressed. And this is like the first year in a while where I haven't been feeling it. Oh. And I think it's because I can just be in my safe space at home and just kind of work through whatever feelings I have. It's like this week I had like a bit of a dip. And I think if I was working or whatever, it would have been way worse. But I'm on the subreddit for just like Calgary. And a lot of it has been people being like, I'm really, 
really, really depressed. And I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. And I'm seeing that a lot of people are super, like, it's nice to see the support and the community coming mm-hmm. together. But now there's so many subreddits that are like community-based, like Calgary, or even on the New Brunswick subreddit being like, okay, just weekly check-in. How's everyone doing? Cause like some people won't reach out if you're having a rough time. So like, let's just talk about it. Let's be there for each other. And it's nice to see that. And it's really heartening because I know that so many people are struggling and like, yeah, the COVID fatigue is real. Yeah. And I think with like, everyone is also going through so much empathy fatigue and just like emotional fatigue. I know that that was one of the biggest sources of my burnout in October was just all this emotional fatigue from yeah. like being there to support other people constantly and just being on all the time. And then I just got so burnt out and I didn't realize what it was until I saw something on Instagram or something. And it's like, Hey, emotional fatigue is a thing. Like, Oh, okay. So I had to close off my heart for a little bit just to like recuperate, but I feel like I'm doing a lot better now. (laughs) You're so right. Like part of what, when a big thing, when I was working in the helping field, we would call it compassion fatigue. Yeah. And that is such an experience. And I think that it's interesting to see people experience on such a mass level, like the same type of like experiences, like such as fatigue and loneliness and like missing connection. I also feel like people in a sense are also, it's either like, when connecting with people, it's like either super vulnerable, like extremely vulnerable and just are laying everything on the table mm-hmm. and like telling all the things that you would probably never tell anyone about because you're just like masking whatever problem you're dealing with at the time. Or it's like the opposite where it's like, are you really doing fine? Like, really? Like, are you, cause like, it's almost like too good. Like they're just doing too, too good. But you're just yeah. like, okay, like, how are you managing, you know? And I'm not trying to like discount anybody's feelings or experience because I do think that some people are thriving, but there are moments like this is a mass like mental health like experience that we're all like dealing with and like there's going to be ebbs and flows, right? So I don't know. It just feels like that vulnerability piece though is like really what people are just like deep, deep, like diving into that we haven't experienced at such a mass level. A hundred percent. It's really so hard. We, I know. So if you're feeling it, lovely listeners, just know that we're around and we're feeling for you and I hope you're doing well and you're managing mm-hmm. as best as you can, you know? Yeah. And know that there are like people out there and like you can just reach out anytime you need anything like there's communities out there that are willing to like on on reddit like it's it's wild to see people just coming together in that digital space yeah and being like hey like let's have a zoom call i'll introduce you to my wife and my dogs and like whatever yeah and most provinces if you're in canada has a like a provincial kind of call that call center that talks Mm. about that is open for specifically around like mental health and wellness so 
I would always check out there to see if there's a resource for you to talk to someone. I know some provinces also have under their healthcare, like access to some form of free therapy. That's also available too. Not yeah. for every province for, I know some of it, I think in Manitoba, it's like you get maybe three free therapy sessions and then everything else is on a scale or something. Don't quote me, but I think there's something like that available to you. So yeah, like resources exist, like whether you need like to talk to a real professional or if you just need to reach out and like have human contact, like. Yeah. And then if you're in Calgary, there's also like Calgary Counseling Services, which is like, I think that's what it's called, Counseling Center or something like that. And they offer scale, sliding scale therapy too. Yeah, just given a few stuff because we need support. Everybody needs support and support. Yeah. But how are you doing like spiritually and like what's been going on for you? Me? Um, let's see. So I've been this past week, I haven't been super inspired. I've been, it's been a struggle to get things done. Three weeks ago, just about, I started a new medication for ADHD and it's been really helping. I feel so much better and I don't feel overwhelmed all the time and I feel like collected and I can focus on things and like my depression is still there definitely, but I don't feel the overwhelming like anxiety and stress and dread and everything. So that's been really good, especially in like a spiritual realm because like so much of my spirituality is connected to my artwork and my writing and even reading books. And I didn't realize how much of a struggle it was for me to like just sit and read <laughs> without mm -hmm. getting distracted or fidgety. So it's been really nice to be in a space where I can work on things and learn about spiritual things and everything and get it done. Like not that getting things done is always my goal, but it's nice to have a bit more space for my brain, mm -hmm. so to speak. I'm still rambly and everything. And I keep trying to do things like some YouTube videos and stuff, but it's like <laughs> watching it back. It's like, this is so rambly and I don't want to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're entering the world of YouTube. I've tried it. It's hard. It's it scary. Is. Um, what's funny is back in the day, probably like ages I want to say like 19 to 21 ish. I actually made a lot of YouTube videos. I like did vlogs and did like the usual YouTube things. And yeah, so like I've been in it before because I'm the person where I don't hate the sound of my own voice and I can listen to my self talk a lot because it's like, I am great. I'm an Aries. Everyone wants to listen to me, including me. <laughs> but then like my cancer rising is like, everyone hates you. <laughs> Oh, I've never felt you so hard. That sounds really kind of dirty that the way I said that though. Oopsie. <laughs> it's fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Um, so I've been like, basically it's been a space. Cause like I've been playing around with glamor magic more and as like a way to transmute messages through like the tarot mm -hmm. and stuff. So I've been trying to figure out a way how to, to articulate that. So if nothing else, sitting and recording myself, doing my makeup and talking about things is at least giving me space to just talk and like get stuff out. 
even if I don't listen to it again later, because the stuff that's going to stand out to me, I'm going to remember, mm-hmm. hopefully. So that's been cool. Yeah, I've been reading more and I haven't been feeling super, super inspired, as I mentioned. So I've been trying to work through it, but basically it hit me where it's like, I'm only inspired to work on textiles right now. So that's that's what I've been doing. I was like, at least I'll be able to get out of the slump of not being able to work in comics, not being able to write whatever, and just do that. So I started working on a quilt that I've been planning for well over a year. That's sweet. Yeah. So is it for like you just for you or is it something that you're just like trying to bring to the world or like what is it's something that I'd probably like to try to get into a gallery um I don't know when or how this happened but quilts have become like one of the main ways that I want to express my craft and create art I need to write about it and figure out why I'm so into the concept of quilts the quilt I'm working on now, I, the working title is The Blood of My Grandmother. And for a while, I was basically like collecting period blood, <laughs> like on right, pieces of cloth. Yeah. And then so I have all, like this pile of pieces of linen and cotton that are stained with menstrual blood that I'm going to quilt together with like other pieces of fabric and then probably do like some embroidery on or something. But yeah, that's what I've mostly been working on that I'm really excited about it's ex- it's it feels good to be doing something that's a bit more process based again and working with my hands again because it's been many many moons well it's I work with my hands all the time because I'm always making things but it feels different when it's textiles because that's like where my heart is your connection it's interesting that you want to do like you want to work with like you have actually been working with like menstrual blood because it reminds me of when I went to the University of Winnipeg like years and years and years ago that there was an installation of like art around I think it was like somebody framed their like pieces of like their menstrual blood and I remember how provocative it was and like how uncomfortable it was for folks even for myself like because I don't like coming from a very religious community like you're so disconnected from your body to like understand it and now I'm curious do you think it's still provocative to do like work like this or is it do you think it's normalized in a sense I think it's still provocative in a lot of ways because I think anything that involves bodily fluids is always going to make people uncomfortable yeah like I'm the kind I'm the person where I'm super fascinated by and repulsed by like stains on fabric so anytime at I'm at a museum because I'm all, like always go right to the textile piece and look at them if there's any stains I'm just like what is this I'm, like super into it and like I'll buy like antique pieces of fabric that are stained because it's like I want to do something with this and I don't know why I don't know what this but it's like I think it's the fact that we're humans are so connected to cloth because it's what we use to conceal ourselves and comfort ourselves. And yeah, like cloth is just regardless of what, what life, like walk of life you come from or whatever. And regardless of what type of cloth, like textiles and cloth are just so intertwined with our lives. Mm -hmm. So seeing like a human rep, like 
representation through like a stain or marking on a textile somehow it's so creepy because like we don't expect to see that even though like yeah the things are so connected one of my favorite um art pieces or series of art I can't remember who it's by but this woman this is gonna get like a little graphic for a minute and involve like death just okay anyone out there um content warning so she basically went into homes where someone had died but they hadn't cleaned like the rug or the bed or whatever yet and just took really close-up photos of like the stains that were left from the body decomposing so they're like really close up like on a mattress or on a carpet or on a couch and then like the title would be like male comma 60 years cardiac arrest or whatever I think that kind of when I saw that really inspired me in a lot of ways regarding my art and just kind of made me think about textiles in a different way in terms of our relationship to them as people. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot because I'm, I mean, now I'm leaving my own mark on textiles, literally. <laughs> and like yesterday, I was like pressing them and it's like, this is really weird. Someone is like going to find this really weird. And I'm so nervous to eventually post. I mean, I'm talking about it on a podcast, but I'm nervous to eventually photograph them and post them to like social media to share about or whatever, because it's so different than other artwork that I do. Because usually I work with cut paper and photography or people are just used to my drawing and (laughs) I'm like, here's my menstrual blood. Which is like, because those forms of art are really like transferable and like can be like connect can really connect to the most of like the mass public right Mm -hmm. whereas this piece of yours is very much a niche and anytime you do a niche is like really terrifying to experience or to like express getting into our niches why is it so scary that's like a second part of like another time of episode that I keep going into another but like I feel you on that like I really empathize in that experience of like really asking yourself to push forward or to like challenge yourselves in different ways and like even like just this nervousness of like falling flat on your face you know what I mean I don't think you're gonna fall flat on your face no I don't think so I feel really good about like this body of work that I'm Like, I basically have, like, a bunch of quilts in mind that are all kind of loosely connected through the fact they're quilts, but they all have to do with, like, death in some way or mortality or discomfort, which I I think is just interesting to have that juxtaposition of, like, a comforting object versus discomfort and everything. There's so many niche things, and it feels like the reason they're so niche is because of the level of vulnerability that's attached Mm -hmm. to them. And it's kind of funny that we're in this period of time where people are constantly being like, be vulnerable, share, it's okay. But I feel like there's still certain things that are taboo that people don't want us to be vulnerable about. Mm -hmm. And like for people with a vulva or a womb or whatever, like, people don't want to hear about those parts no or our experiences with them yeah and 
or if we do talk about it and you have like a different experience with those pieces of your body it is either like you're being shamed for it or like you aren't you know only per people in a certain gender like true women only can experience the true like magic alone yeah. or vagina or vulva like you know what I mean yeah yeah just such bullshit it's so fucked up and it's okay if you don't have a good relationship with those things yeah like, I don't at all yeah <laughs> same like the whole like okay so I feel like I can talk about it. Am I comfortable to talk about it? Am I open enough to talk about it? Yeah, I think I am. Okay, so I have an IUD and I call it a Mirena one. I think that's what it's called, Mirena, Mirena? I think so. Anyways, it can like limit, limit your menstrual patterns and like I don't like menstrual bleed. Like I don't bleed really anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, like part of like what I've shared with some folks who are like who are cisgendered women are always kind of like I don't feel like that's healthy I'm like no I feel like I'm the most healthiest when I'm not bleeding <laughs> like you know how it, okay so I started spotting the other day on the new moon and I like and on the full moon within a month which is weird for me I know it's weird moons me and the moon are like very tight right now and I was exhausted like I was so my physical body was exhausted I thought I had I thought there was something wrong with my chronic illness again like I was like what's happening like I've been taking my medication you know like I've been doing the things I've been doing my treatments like this shouldn't I shouldn't be this exhausted and it ended up being not only was it on the new moon it was on the mercury retrograde and also I was bleeding. So like, how does this all, like, it just affects you differently. I'd rather not feel that way. You know, same. Like I am on hormonal birth control and I thought about stopping or switching, but there's something about the cocktail of it with my other medication that just works really well for my brain and my mental health. So Mm -hmm. it's like, and so because of that, I stay on for three months at a time and then I'm off for a week. So like, even though it's not even a real period at this point, technically it's like, I feel there's so many people, especially like cisgendered women in the spiritual community, I feel, and who are like really weird about medication and birth control and there's this idea that like we should be so in tune with like our bodies and the moon and like our cycles and shall be natural and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I would take um, my good feeling brain over anything else. Yeah. And also that is such a very, yeah. Neuro like typical experience. It's also an able body experience. I'd rather like feel, be able, like as someone who's experienced not only like, you know, a lot of like mental health, like experiences with like depression and anxiety, and then also having a chronic illness that really debilitates the body sometimes, like I'd rather be able to, to be able to function just normally, like day by day, like having an energized body is 
something I struggle with every fucking day like every single day I nap I get like shamed all the time I'm like I'm always like I'm tired and they're always like Danielle you're always tired I'm like yeah because I literally am always exhausted and if I had to deal with that every single month I'd rather not like I, I don't think I would be able to show up to be able to do the things that I could do like work and take care of myself yeah because like having these aids is like a way it's basically a means of survival mm-hmm. um I was talking to my mom a couple days after I started my ADHD med because I was like it's going so well and it's great and she was like super stoked she was like and we were talking about how like people try it like are trying to normalize medication of all kinds mm-hmm. and like it's still like we're still not quite there yeah but like take any like any physical aid like a wheelchair or even glasses or hearing aid those are aids that aren't part of our normal body but they help us survive they help us thrive and medication is just another aid that supports one of the most important organs in our body exactly exactly uh i don't understand why it's like why specifically in the community that we're doing like there's a lot of like well we do it's called white supremacy this is a side tangent and i promise we'll go back to it and speaking of like people who are learning to do the work um around this specifically i was so shocked so we were my mom and i have been watching the crown together and we've been discussing after the crown and this particular season so i'm sorry spoiler alert if you haven't seen the latest season of the crown because i'm going to spoil some nasty dirt we were watching this one episode and turns out the queen had a bunch of cousins that were then put into a home like a specific like kind of like at the time it was like a center or like a, a like what is it called a psychiatric center that specifically, but basically they did it because anybody who was had a disability at that time were then forced to go into these psychiatric systems, even though they were able bodied, like they were not able bodied at the same way, but like they experienced disabilities that could have been, you know, integrated into society, but they instead they like push them to the side. And so I was, I was like, oh my God, mom, they're just like, continuing eugenics blah 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 and then she just told me she's like no that's like white supremacy and I just looked at my mom like I was just like holy shit and I'm not trying to give anybody cookies or here or anything like that but like I'm just like as a you know a woman in her 70s trying the work I'm just like very I was shocked that she was labeling that it's shout out to my mom Yeah, it's just, it's always admirable and really encouraging to see that type of growth in anyone, like, Mm -hmm. especially the older people in our lives where, like, because the excuse is like, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or whatever. And it's like, well, you can, you can keep, everyone can keep learning. 100%. Yeah. So if my mom, who is in her 70s, who I, you know, like, her view of feminism isn't wasn't the same as how we view intersectional feminism now like you Mm -hmm. know and she's learning it how are our you know fellow white cis hetero women in our who are equally the same age as us in the spiritual community not doing not doing it 
right? Not it's doing like, it. How? And I mean, like, we're all, we all need to do better. Like, I know I do. I know Leah does. Like, we all know we're not amazing at this. But like, as people who are both experiencing weird feelings about the body currently that we live in, it's just wild to me. Yeah. And like, there's, there's like, a certain level of like being fallible because like we're humans we're just a really intelligent animal at the end of the day mm-hmm. but like there's just sometimes where it's like how can you not get it how can you be consider like pretend to be so evolved or whatever but still be like ableist and think that like you're only normal with a certain type of brain or whatever or actually believe that like you can cure everything through like homeopathy or yeah whatever anti-vaccines like still think you're non-maskers which we know that yo you're all walking with the proud boys yeah there you go I feel like that alone is a symbol like a sign that like you know maybe you should question your beliefs if like you're in the same crowd as literal nazis yes but yeah but I'm so glad that in Canada like Proud Boys and like 12 other groups were declared to be terrorist groups it's like yeah yes small victories like agreed that was such disgust like obviously not surprising I think when we knew about like that happened in the Capitol riots I don't think we're both like shocked by it but then we're also just like disgusted at the same time like yeah and so I'm just so shocked that Canada Canada was so quick to react from that yeah because that was like honestly the only I think that was literally probably one of the only reasons like why it got pushed so fast to name them as terrorists it's definitely huge like I know that and I, I don't think this is something many people have really talked about because like we're still celebrating. It's like it's wor- worthy, like that is a victory. But it's like these ideals obviously aren't going to go away no. from like declaring these to be terrorist groups. But at least it's a solid message from our government that they don't support that kind of behavior. 100%. And yeah. Like that's why it's a victory. And I hope that the U.S. with their current government like maybe follow suit with like they, yeah with like QA anon and all their other nonsense how is that still a thing I don't understand is that still a thing in like the spiritual world or have people started slowly like moving away from it like yeah I feel like there must there's probably a lot of overlap just because like with like the spiritual world there's a lot of overlap with like conspiracy theories and things True, and like still. some are significantly less harmful harmful than others yes I feel like with like QAnon and those kinds of groups, a lot of the things that they push are like not dissimilar from what a lot of like spiritualism that's grounded in white supremacy. Think. Yeah. Because like, even if they don't realize that it's white supremacy, it is Yeah, like with things like anti-vaxxing and anti-maskers and everything, like yeah. you're just attacking communities by pushing those agendas. Yeah, it's disheartening. So what's happening with you? (laughs) Oh God, I feel like I've kind of talked a little bit about it, but a little bit of like some stuff, but honestly, I've just been doing a lot of like my own inner like shadow work, 
getting back into connection with like my own magical practice, spiritual practice, um, connecting to new deities, connecting to my higher self in a different way, um, really working on where I want to like develop my own, you know, experience of what I'm offering to everybody. And that's been like a big focus of mine, settling into a new community, reconnecting with family, like has been huge. Um, as like someone who has always lived a very solo independent kind of life, it's been really interesting. Um, like shifting and real realizing like I need to share space with people and like what does that mean anymore like I need to really like I'm take for granted that I got to be grumpy alone and I didn't have to really like worry about how it impacts people but like not so much anymore like I gotta figure that out and I'm very lucky that actually all of my nieces and nephews live in this community that I'm in right now and so like whether that's like seeing them from a long like a socially distanced walk or something like that I've gotten to see them and I've been able to see my sister's kids a lot more because we're part of like the caretaker piece of that um part of like the regulation so that's nice so it's just like more around reconnection within like family and roots and like what that means and um really pushing the envelope like I can't I'm being very cryptic because I'm so cryptic about it because I'm like probably going to be relaunching some stuff so I can't really like talk about it all and there's some other things I have been working on so that I hope eventually I can talk about or if it goes through we'll see what happens I don't know it's all a lot yeah we'll see what happens so I feel like that's more around internal work than it is external work I know that's fucking cryptic that's okay like you don't have to share like some things are just in the works and that's all people need to know yeah and also like some things you can just be cryptic with forever and you don't have to share. (laughs) (laughs) True. It's true. But yeah, I think that's been a big one. And yeah, I'm, I miss certain things though. I like miss Calgary though. Like not like I don't even know what I would be doing there. Like everything's basically like locked down in Calgary. It's not like I could actually enjoy like a large city life, you know, like there are things that I miss about like going to a bar and sitting at a bar with one of my best pals and just like shooting the shit. And I can't do that now, like at all. And not that it, that's like, I know that sounds like really silly to like involve excitement around drinking but like it's not excited around drinking it's just like more of like the ritual of it do you know what I mean with certain things totally and the neighborhood I lived in I miss that but I get to like experience a lot of like quietness here and like I'm not being woken up by sirens or like looming like weird light from like the city lights you know what I mean like I get to see the fucking stars and like the moon so clearly and yeah it's just like little things that I don't I forget 
exponent totally. is a thing here. So many nice things about living in like a smaller community, but yeah, like when I eventually move, I know that there's going to be things that I miss and I'm hoping that like, even right now, the biggest thing that I miss is going to a coffee shop and writing. It's like, there's somewhere I could do that, but the experience wouldn't be the same because it's like, well, I don't really want to go to a coffee shop and sit down until I don't want to, don't have to wear a mask anymore and don't have to be so mindful. Like I'm always mindful about my space and the space I take up, but I, it's just a different experience. And yeah, there's just so many things where it's the ritual that I miss that I really relate to. And I'm still in a city but we're in lockdown, which basically means you can't see your friends. You can go to a mall or whatever, but you can't see your friends. I know. So here, like, I still don't understand this. And I'll, we'll tell you about a ritual I miss, which is so basic of me. Here, you can only see two people still outside of your household, like those same two people, that's it. And, um, but you can go to the mall up to like 25% or something like that's the amount of what you can go into the stores, but then you can't go to a restaurant with people outside of your household, but you can go to the shopping mall, to the stores. So like, are, is everybody just going to be hanging out in the mall with their friends? Because right, that's what they can do and just continue that capitalistic like narrative okay yeah it's I (laughs) I have a lot of opinions (laughs) like um we're still like Alberta I think still has the highest COVID rates and I 100% attribute it to the fact that our lockdown around Christmas was like okay you can't see your friends or family even outside um you can still go to like this ridiculous list of things which included casinos which is like how is that an essential business and it's like yeah I get it Kenny you just don't want to shut down the economy because the UCP is doing so well with the economy and they're not but (laughs) it's like yeah I'd love to go like just have two people over even if it's the same two people like yeah (sighs) except I'm really wanting to see friends yeah like I love family and again it's very nice to be around family but yeah I'm really ready to yeah I don't know my family bubble a little bit out of my family bubble yeah that airy side of me is like starving for other people yeah like even like the ways that I go out into the world not the most social but it's still like just being around people like I really miss going to art galleries same and like a lot of them are open but because it's so limited and it's so weird it's like going to an art gallery in the apocalypse and it's like it's just strange but yeah like and it'd be nice to just yeah see friends and expand that bubble just a little bit and be in the same space as someone that's true I'm feeling like I'm cheating the system a little bit because I have a hair appointment (gasps) at the end of the month and I'm not one to be super excited about these types of things like not at all 
like I'm driving to the city for this. So I'm driving to, to Winnipeg mm-hmm. for it. Um, and, uh, and I'm going, my friend, my friend is the one who's going to be doing my hair. And I feel like I'm getting like, what is it? I'm hitting two birds with one stone. That sounds awful. So, (laughs) but like, (laughs) I'm trying to be sensitive to people, but like, it's kind of true though. I feel like I'm cheating the system a little bit for that. And I'm really excited. I guess I'm really excited about getting what? Starbucks yes I know that's so basic and silly of me but I miss going to Safeway and going to get a Starbucks and I miss our mornings same okay sweet and like Jeff and I like we'll still like go to a thrift store from time to time just because like we we try to be safe with it and then we would you know whatever yeah um we're not the people at the thrift store with like the mask pulled down being like it's like what I really miss is buying a coffee, going to a bookstore and like drinking coffee while looking at books. Mm-hmm. I miss it so much. Cause that was like one of my biggest like self-care rituals after mm-hmm. like seeing a doctor or just like having a bad day. It's just like, I'm going to go to Starbucks and get a coffee and then I'm going to go look at books and maybe I'll buy a book. We'll see. I probably will, but no, it's like, I miss these rituals so much and they're so Same. basic and I know that Starbucks is questionable in so many ways but like I it's like I can I just have this one thing <laughs> this I one know. thing <laughs> it's so true coffee it's it does make I don't know why maybe it's because it got to like be a sweet treat that you know flavors that not all coffee shops get to you know, dive into, mm-hmm. but it did make a difference when going to like a doctor's appointment or any of that. Like, yes, I remember. Okay. So when I first came here, I moved here. I had to go see my new specialist who's pretty badass and is like very like attractive for being a very older human. Like, I don't know what this person does. This person like is kind of like the godfather of like my specialist is like, he's the godfather of like what he does here. And my friend, he's in the healthcare field and he was just like, Danielle, you'll get it. You'll get it when you see this person. And I was like, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. Anyways, when my dad was like coming to pick me up because I, was terrified to drive in the winter and you know my dad also wanted to go to the bakery so it's fine uh, <laughs> and uh, he drove me and then I was like oh I just want to I want a Starbucks and then do you think we could find a Starbucks open anywhere no it was the most crushing experience because again it was a ritual that I would always do when I went to go see my specialist crushing Crushed it. <sighs> Sorry if you can see hair coughing happening in the That's background. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, we record in our houses. What do you want from us? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're now all living with people. Oh gosh. Yeah. <sighs> what else? I know. What else do we want to talk about? Mm what we're hoping for for the podcast like what maybe how we're going to roll things out 
yeah, we can discuss it. I don't know if we have a solid plan yet. I don't even think so either. But I've been feeling really, I think like recording videos on my own has like reinvigorated this, like I can totally do a podcast again. It's totally fine. So <laughs> I'm feeling really good about it and like excited to do it. And, but I, I mean, part of it I think is I'm kind of like, starved for like attention and conversation <laughs> and I know I know we need to feed our egos that's for yeah. sure yeah <laughs> it's like this like other so I'll talk to you on Fridays and then on Sunday evenings we have like um Jackbox game nights with our friends via discord yeah over discord and like yes these are high points of my week because I'm just gonna like talk to friends and listen to voices and it's gonna be great and it's good it's really good for my soul good I'm glad that's really good yeah I feel much better doing these things like too and I'm very convinced that we'll make something out of it I think so I think we definitely are I started reading the miracle club by Mitch Horowitz last night Oh, yeah. Um, Because basically I, Jeff finally read Parable of the Sower, which is one of my favorite books and a book that like changed my life. And I was like, hey, I should finally read a book that's like, that's kind of the case for you. What should I read? So he's like, read Miracle Club. Finally, I'm like, okay. And it's all about like, causative thoughts and like, making thoughts a reality and manifestation and stuff. And it's basically like a guidebook how to workbook kind of thing in a lot of ways so I'm like I'm kind of I'm definitely approaching it from like a pretty much anything information wise lately I've been trying to approach from a point of curiosity so I'm curious to see what I'm gonna get out of this book and yeah I want to try it yeah Jeff loves it he quotes it all the time and Mitch Horowitz is one of his favorite like magical practitioners thinkers and every time Jeff shares something with me from Mitch Horowitz I'm like I like that. I relate to that very deeply. So it's okay. about time that I'm reading this book. I'll let you know how it is. And- yeah. Cause I am wanting to like, obviously I need like, as I grow, like I want to develop certain ways of like learning and like, I'm feeling like I need to be challenged mentally a bit more and like all that stuff. And so I am finally going to be, my mom ordered it for me. Like at the library is the women who run with wolves. Oh, sweet. So we'll see. Yeah, I Maybe have that book, but I haven't finished reading it yet. Maybe we should it's do a, a mini book club. Yeah. yeah. Is it good? Like, do you think it's like good um, so far? I like it so far. I started reading okay. it a while ago, but maybe we should do like a mini book club. So like, let me know when you start reading it and then maybe we can That's like good. read through it together. Yeah. I'd like to do that. We should do a mini book club. Actually. Yeah. That'd be fun. Cause like, then be- we can talk about it and it'd be good. And maybe we talk about it on the podcast too, if we read something that we're enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to discuss books more. <laughs> but yeah, I think like we're both really I don't know it was so it's been so nice talking to you over the last like what an hour over hour hour yeah like hour and a half oh my goodness it's been so nice to just like delve deep into stuff and like I think we are still trying to figure out how we want to like maneuver everything and like how we want to roll things out um 
we're both really invested in our own work, but we're also really invested in each other. I don't know. Honestly, it's been when we stopped doing this, it was just so wild to me how many people were invested in what we were doing. Same. Still awkward. I'm an awkward human. Like I, I don't know how to take it. Like I'm painfully shy <laughs> and I handle all my emotions. I filter them all through humor and sarcasm, which I'm realizing isn't the healthiest thing to do. I should just be authentic like once, (laughs) but it's like what I'm like, oh God, people like me, why? Yeah. So like, it's wild to me that, and it's, I guess it's really affirming that people listen to her voices and find it helpful and inspiring and everything. Cause I'm definitely one of the people where it's like, I'll do a lot of things on the internet basically for myself and just live with the mindset that people don't care people aren't listening but I think through a lot of my life I was like basically manifesting some type of invisibility spell over myself where I was like talking about like causative thoughts like making those thoughts a reality and like so anytime I'd be like oh people don't care then people wouldn't care and yeah being like oh that person won't remember me and then people wouldn't remember me and just kind of that forever so it's like need to stop thinking that because people do care people are interested and that's really cool yeah and it kind of honestly gave me a recharge I know it gave you a recharge in some way and like it just it was something that I think we both really get to explore in different areas like of the work that we get to do and it's interesting. Lee and I are very similar in a ways in a lot of ways, but then also very different in a lot of ways, as you all probably can tell. But the way that we work, I think magically can be very similar sometimes. I think so. It's like yeah. I've had the realization lately that I'm really not like a ritual magical practitioner. Like I'll do some little rituals, but I'm way more into like sympathetic magic, which is like kind of a ritual, but it's a lot more like condensed and really into just like results-based magic so like chaos magic I'm big into but Mm -hmm. I feel like both of us are kind of in that like realm where it's just like what works sweet gonna keep doing that yeah no we'll tweak it sweet and knowing that our practices are kind of similar is really again like kind of pretty affirming because like sometimes I feel crazy practicing the types of magic I do and like I don't see the same thing anywhere on the world (laughs) and it's like what am I doing like I feel like the magic I do works I see results but like everyone else is doing this thing it's like dude just because someone else is doing it just because everyone is doing something doesn't mean it's right keep on keep it on (laughs) exactly yeah and like words are so powerful for I think for both of us like the way that we communicate to the world and I know for me, that's a big one. And I know that that's coming up with when I work with people. I also think that this is, will be something I'm sure we'll talk about where social media has really inflamed like what ritual magic is and should be and complicated. And like, I think we've both worked in areas of like where we've done stuff with magic that has been like oh fuck what did I do you know what I mean like thankfully nothing like you know 
wild, but you're like, oh, okay, this is what I asked for. And I totally got it. But then I'm like, ah, fuck. I didn't write the intention properly or like, oh, I should probably tweak it this way because I just don't get it. I don't know. Like, or, or wanting to bring certain people back in, like, it's just too messy, too messy. And I'm like, what are you all doing? You know? And one thing that I'm really glad that I've been learning, like just kind of through my own methods and exploration is like how to break spells. And I think that that's something no one ever discusses. No, I never think like about you, breaking spells. Yeah. Cause like you can even accidentally break a spell. Yeah. And that's like true. When I was kind of focusing my energy on one house that I was looking at, I made a spell for it. And then it was like, yeah, this actually isn't the house. So I had to break the spell, but I was able to do it pretty cleanly which is great. But like, there's so many basics in spell work and witchcraft that get overlooked. And it's like, do this like really complicated thing that's blah, blah, blah. And you're going to communicate with so-and-so, blah, 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 but they don't teach like grounding or how to like remove yourself from a spell or whatever. And like, yeah. I feel like I've been redeveloping a lot of my approach to magic, be really grounded and be really results-based to a point where I can understand it and kind of trace back what I did yeah. rather than like this weird focus of like building a weird, crazy ritual or a really complicated spell bottle or whatever. When it's like, it doesn't need to be that complicated. No. And also like encompassing energy can be enough to like bring that energy in to create what you want. And I think people forget that piece as well. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder though, I have a question for you and you can let me know. Cause like sometimes I'm, I'm definitely in the thought of the belief of like, when I create the magic that I'm doing, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen for me, then it wasn't meant to come into my life. And like the way that I view like spell work especially when bringing something in is because it's aligned to the path already on that I'm doing. Right. And so whatever is there, it's because it's going to refocus that energy or bring it in a certain way to magnetify that. And like, did you feel like you needed to break it because you were just like not forcing something, but you were so focused on the one specific house or do you think like the universe supported or your spirit guides or whoever supported that break yeah I think there's definitely a lot of support that comes along with it and Mm -hmm. same with doing any type of spell work in general like your your heart and your intuition know what you really really want and even if your brain isn't listening to that yet, like your guides, the ether, all these other support systems around you, they know what you're really looking for and what you're really after. And I feel like they'll help you break a spell or whatever and like kind of help redirect you and be like, mm-hmm. this is what you actually want. You don't see it yet, but just trust us on this one. I never thought that I'd be like a deity person or- Same whatever but like the more I work with deities the more I'm like this shit works and they're communicating with me like today Venus like came through in like the wildest way like I was trying to connect my Fitbit to my phone so I was had my Bluetooth open and then like one of the Bluetooth things in the vicinity was like Venus something and I was like been thinking about Venus a lot lately 
yeah. in my mind. And like when I was doing an Artemis collage the other day and I doubted myself and I was like, maybe Artemis isn't who I should be working right with right now. And then I was searching like vintage image of someone looking over their shoulder and then it was all images of Artemis. And it was like, okay, I get the message. It's so important to listen to those results and like be aware and cognizant of how many messages are coming through. The more I work with deities, the more messages I get and the more guidance I get Mm -hmm. from whoever. Like, I think there's deities helping me along that I haven't even communicated with because they're just like, I'm here. You don't need to know who I am. Just like, I'm back here or spirit guides or whoever's like on my team. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think that there's a lot of the support in my magic comes from them just being like, we're not going to let this spell work for you because you're not manifesting the right thing. You're on the right path, but we'll just take the wheel on this one. And then like, you'll, you'll know when you know. Yeah. And yeah, I'm seeing so much support in so many ways from them, which is so cool. Exactly. And especially around like clarity and creativity and like all of those things, like that's huge. And like the ones that I've been working with, I would never, ever think about working with that I'm like working with that I'm like, who am I? Like, but it, it's starting to make sense of like why they're all coming towards me. And maybe eventually I'll probably share a bit more as I go. But yeah, it's been very intense. And I always love it that when you start thinking about them or you've been working with them or you question them you'll start seeing the names of them I know like deity work can be really like intimidating I only worked with one for a couple of years and like I love I love her she's like so supportive and I think she just held my hand and uh she really like I feel, I think I've talked about her. Have I talked about her on the podcast? I don't remember. Yeah, she is just like bringing people in because she wants to like challenge me. And that's wild to me when your deities really hold you and like space for you. And they are just like, they really truly know like who would be a really good fit for you to work with next. Totally. And like, oh, it's it's so amazing and I think I see more magic or I feel more magic around deities than anything else and like I work predominantly with like feminine goddesses and like it's kind of interesting because I feel like it's not uncommon for them to want us to keep things kind of more private like my main goddess she does not like me talking about shit like (laughs) I made a collage for her and she was like, yeah, that's cool. But like, don't talk about what we do together. You can talk to Jeff, but no one else. Don't post about this on social media. Don't tell anyone. And it's like, okay, cool. I feel that. Like I was gonna like, there was one point where I was writing about something and I was gonna like tell someone or something. And I got like, it felt like someone was so mad at me. Okay. I get the message. I was also reading something recently, which I've really been taking to heart. On one of our many voyages to the thrift store to look for like books or whatever, they had a dozen Llewellyn's uh, magical almanacs from like a bunch of past years. So they had one from 1992, which is my birth year. So I grabbed that one because I was like, why not? And inside, so many helpful things. But one was like an essay on whether 
sharing magic and sharing rituals makes them less powerful or undoes the magic. Hmm. So I've been taking that to heart. Cause the one thing I've noticed is that like, sometimes if I tell people how I did a particular spell or whatever, it'll stop working for me. Now I'm no longer like sharing what I do for my own spells. I'll share ideas of like what people can do, Same. but I feel like it's similar to like the work I do with my goddesses is like, they don't want me to share it because like they know that if I do, I'll lose sight of like those intentions, the manifestations, the messages they're giving me or whatever. Yeah. And I really appreciate that there was like, like that guardianship coming from my main goddess. It makes a lot of sense. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Um, no, it makes a ton of sense because I work with a particular goddess that is very misunderstood in a lot of ways. And a lot of actually all the gods and goddesses. I only work with one masculine god. Um, and that's really weird to me because I usually just work with them. So anyways, yeah, it's like this particular one. She's very, very much like misunderstood. And I don't know if I'm protective of her or like it's a bit of both where it's like people have used her in ways that I'm we're both kind of like no we're not into like like she's not one to like capitalize from in any way and she is very particular about who she wants to work with and not everybody is meant to work with her and and I don't want to be gatekeepy because that's not what I'm coming off of even though it probably sounds like that but it's just like some people don't work for certain people like you know like that's just how it goes and she's in the similar boat and but she's been showing up in a lot of like my readings and my work that I've been doing with clients one-on-one is because like my clients have been like asking how can they in tune to their spirituality and like specifically into their body and she's been giving me tools to practice within myself and taking nuggets of that information to provide to others which has been like similar to the way that you experience with yours and how they're just like okay you can't do the whole experience like you have to like almost like you know, form it to fit them, not the other way around. Like it doesn't, it won't ever work because it's not you who's doing it. Right. And the wording and the intentions will never work for them because it's not you. And, but like certain pieces of it that, you know, can be public knowledge or like accessible to everyone. Like that's important. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Like, I think that mine, she, is okay with me talking about some of it but not the whole extent yeah yeah and same with other goddesses I think I have to like work with them a little bit more to feel like okay how can I integrate you into the work that I'm doing currently mm-hmm. and like what are you okay with like that's what it's like with deity work it's like you're building friendships and I think exactly well and well we're gonna be definitely talking about this a lot more because I think as we talk about this we're so fucking excited about it um and it's something that we like to do so I know that's a challenge for me but we should probably bring people in who work with certain deities that maybe we work with that we're okay with talking about openly um 
and seeing how that works out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And I didn't really realize it until just now, but like goddesses and deities are like really big on consent. So <laughs> Which much. like, of course they are. <laughs> They're divine beings. Why wouldn't they be? But being like, yeah, are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with this. Cool. I feel you. Are you okay with this? Yeah, that's fine. But like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I know consent is... And that's the other thing, like, when you're doing magic and work, like, be ethical about it. It's not that sneaky shit that you saw on the, you know, the craft. Yeah. Even though I loved the craft. Yeah, like, I love all the witchy nonsense in movies, but most of it just, like, don't practice like that because it's not ethical. Oh, man. I can't believe it's almost been two hours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a long episode. You guys are getting yeah. all of the things yeah. today. We had a lot pent it up that we needed to I talk know. about. And there's obviously so much that we've were, been talking about, even in this episode, that we're, like, really jazzed about. Yeah. Like, I'm so hyped to do an episode all about goddesses and deities. Cause, oh, oh yeah. God. And I'm sure we will probably do a lot more. And, like, because they're so complicated like totally each each deity and like has its own complex like narrative that I just find so fascinating I think that's what I'm going to be reading about on like the ones that I've been working with way more like usually I like to feel out first my own energy with it um and then move on to the reading part because that's how friendships go in no expectations when you meet people don't listen to the judgments that were you know about those folks but yeah oh man we're gonna get into it it'll be great it'll be great oh i'm stoked about so many things right now i know i'm also like way more inspired now than i have been all week so that's great me too me too amazing So let us know like what you want us to chat about next, who you would like us to talk to or bring on. We have some ideas. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in friends. We'll talk to you all soon. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the support. We appreciate you all. All right. Thanks mystical beings. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.